The Bear Down Report Podcast, featuring Mike Page, Jack Wright, Logan Bradley, and Ryan Dingle. Bear Down Report. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the Bear Down Report Podcast. This is a first. It's got to be a first. We're doing a podcaster round table. We have four different podcasts on one podcast. Uh, we've got just tremendous group of guys. So I want to go through the go through our crew here. Dan Goodwin from Three Kings Podcast. I'm going to start with you, Dan. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you become a Bears fan, and how did you get involved with the Three Kings? Well, of course, I'm from Chicago, so I grew up a Bears fan. My father, you know, is a Bears fan, and, you know, he handed it down to me. I love Walter Payton and the 85 Bears, and, you know, I studied it all and followed them 30 years of, of Jim Harbaugh and Neil Anderson and all of that stuff. So um, I've, I've been a Bears fan forever, uh, as long as I can remember, since being two or three years old. And, um, you know, that's, that's just what it is. When it comes to our podcast, uh, we're the Three Kings podcast on the Brawl Network, part of the Bears Brawl podcast. So um, it's a fun thing, man. We, we got basically it's three guys on there, myself, DeVore, Nesby. Uh, he was an ex-football player. He used to play at Michigan. Um, and then we also got uh, Roy uh, Williamson, and he's out in the West Coast. He's in California. Devore's in Detroit and I'm in Atlanta, believe it or not. So we get together and do a podcast. It's pretty cool. It's awesome. Dude, the, the, we were talking about this earlier. The, the amazing technology makes that possible, right? Just all mm -hmm. of it. Just the fact that the power of the internet is that you, you guys wouldn't normally be able to sit down and have a conversation, but you're able to do it. That's fantastic, man. How long have you guys been, how long have you guys been exactly. together? We've been doing the, the podcast for this entire year. Now, before I was, I was part of the Bears Brawl, and I was spot here on there on different podcasts on that, on that uh, Brawl Network, and I also do writing for them. And um, then all of a sudden, uh, Mike Brez, he's, he's actually the, the owner, uh, he put us together and said, hey, man, you guys got good chemistry. You want to do a podcast? And we were like, for sure, absolutely. That's so awesome. it's been fun, man. We've had a great time doing it. Dan, that's, that, that is awesome. Uh, our, our next guest is Ryan Badgley from the Barfly Tailgate Show. That's a little bit of a mouthful. Uh, Ryan, same question. How did, <laughs> how did you get into it, dude? Um, how did you become a Bears fan? And, and tell us a little bit about your podcast, please. Yeah, man. So I um, appreciate you putting this together, Ryan. Um, I think this is great, you know, getting all, all of us together and, you know, just, just talking Bears football. Um, so I got started. I actually started um, on this show. Um, on Bears Barroom Radio Network, which is now the Barroom Network. And uh, I started as just doing a segment. So I do a segment on the show called Badge of Honor, uh, where we recognize players, fans, um, football fans, sport, you know, just something to bring positivity uh, to, you know, what the players are doing, their wives are doing, um, fans in the community, just to bring something positive um, and, and show that these guys aren't just athletes, they're people off the field too. Um, so I started doing that. Um, uh, it'll be four years ago, this upcoming season. And I did that, um, just a spot segment for like the first four weeks. And they were like, you know what? You got to just, just come on full time. Come on. Um, I've done radio, you know, off and on uh, locally where I live in Oneida, New York for, 
uh, 15 years. Um, I used to cover high school football here locally on the radio, you know, doing two or three games a weekend, um, which I love. And, you know, I got started in this. The guys asked me to come on the show, um, and I was super excited. It's very similar to, to the Three Kings podcast where none of us are – local Chicago guys. Um, our, our main host, Bobby Phelan or Bobby Bombs, he's a Chicago kid, but now he lives in South Carolina. Um, I live in central New York, Oneida, New York, this little small, you know, city. Um, and, you know, I became a Bears fan. I have some family and relatives in Chicago. They sent my dad um, back in like 82, 83. I want to say it was 83 a Mike Singletary practice jersey. Um, my One of my relatives out there was able to go to a, a training camp practice and meet Mike Singletary, gave him the jersey. He wasn't a sports fan, knew my dad was, so he sent it to my dad. Now my dad is a Giants fan. He goes, oh, you can have this. So I started asking questions. I'm like, okay, whose jersey is this? Mike Singletary. Oh, what team does he play for? Chicago Bears. Well, then I found out who Walter Payton was and forget it from then on. I mean, I was Bears nonstop, and that passion just continued to grow. And, I mean, now I spend, you know, probably half a year's salary on Bears stuff. (laughs) So, wait, wait, hold on. Maybe I missed this. You are New York, and you've always been in New York? Yeah, I was born and raised about five minutes down the road. (laughs) Man, you must, I mean, you must get a really hard time for being a Bears fan. Dude, what's that like? Dude, you wouldn't believe how many Packers fans there are in the state of New York, too. And that makes it even rougher because you've already got your Giants fans. Jets fans, yeah, they don't really matter because they haven't done anything in a while. But now the Bills are getting hot. Now, most Bills fans are, I, I like a lot of Bills fans, but now that they're getting good, you know, that, that talking is kind of start, but I'll let them have it. You know, I mean, hopefully this regime and we'll get into that gets kind of moving in the right direction, but um, yeah, man, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, a lot of Dallas fans too, which, oh, I just, they're, I think they're worse than Packer fans sometimes. That's a, that's a pretty bold statement. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and Eagles fans are even worse. <laughs> I have, I have definitely heard that one before. All right. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, thank you so much. All right. And Brendan, now our listeners now are there. Like you're a regular pretty much on this show, right? You and I, this is not our first conversation, but I want to say thank you again for coming back. So, so we know a little bit about the 46 pod. Feel free to throw us anything you want, but also talk to us about you being a Bears fan. How did that get started? Sure. So again, as everyone said, I'm super excited to be here with Ryan and Dan and you and really just to be able to talk about our favorite football team. And um, I would say my origins as a Bears fan really go back to, and Ryan, we kind of talked about this a couple days ago, around the same time. Um, I became a Bears fan in like the early 2000s. Um, It really started when the Cubs were actually, believe it or not, uh, making their run in the NLCS. And I just became hooked as a sports fan. And then when that ended, I was like, well, man, what else do I have now? Like what else is on? And I was like, well, the Bears are on. And, you know, kind of, really got hooked into football and you really have to be a diehard bears fan when you're watching Cordell Stewart, Chris Chandler, just try and throw the ball around the field because that was not good football. I, my, one of my very first like game to game memories 
was the Cardinals game where Brock Forsey just goes nuts. And I was like, who is this guy? He's like the best running back ever. And it was just, now it's one of those weird moments ingrained in my head. And ever since then, yeah, I just became hooked on every single game. I studied all the stats. I became a huge stat head. Of course, the mid 2000s, the team was great with Erlacher Briggs, the Lovey Smith years when they actually started winning. And as I grew up, I, you know, got into high school and college, I wanted to do more. And so after I graduated college, a couple years later, I decided, you know what, maybe this is my chance to try writing. So um, a couple years ago, about two years ago to the date uh, was when I first started writing with Bears Wire. I know I talked to you a little bit about that, but it was really my chance to do something a little bit more. And, you know, I had so many thoughts about this team and I just needed a place to put them. And fortunately I was able to land a spot with them as a contributor. And then of course, as I told you a few months later, I was able to start the 46 podcast with this company called Big Heads Media. Had no idea what I was doing, just kind of got thrown into the thrown into the fire. But it's been a really fun learning experience for me. I've had this chance to, as Ryan actually was able to say, he's, we've both had the chance to talk with players, you know, different media personalities. It's such a fun ride. So um, it's really cool to see where it's gone and where it's going. So um, yeah, I, I can confidently say my Bears fan origins go back to middle of 2003 during just that awful, awful season. Cordero Stewart and Brock Forzy. Wow. That is number 44 in his prime. That guy, like that was, that was incredible. Okay. So now Badge and Dan, I'm coming back to you guys. Favorite moment as a Bears fan. I know that that's a tough one, but if you maybe could think of just like, Mm. Dan, Dan, I'm going to come to you first. Take a minute if you need it, but a moment that sticks out in your Bears fandom that 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 you just you got warm fuzzies all about it. Let's hear it, man. Well, it's a part of a game. It's not the entire game because we end up losing the game. But Super Bowl, opening kickoff when Devin has to ran it back. I was at a Super Bowl party here in Atlanta, actually. No, not in Atlanta. I wasn't in Atlanta at the time. At that time, I was in Dallas. But I'm at a Super Bowl party, and – Everybody's, you know, I've, I've seen a Green Bay Packer fan there. He's, of course, going against Chicago, whatever. Um, and everybody else that's there. And I remember saying, man, they better not kick the ball to Hester. You know, and everybody was saying that. Even the announcers were saying that, right? And sure enough, they kicked it to him. And he ran it back. And I'm running around the whole place, you know, screaming and yelling. I'm like, yeah, we got it. We're winning. This is ours. You know, that that was just – it was, it was wonderful. It was a great moment, right? Because I felt like we, we had it. We had the situation. And, um, you know, it didn't work out like that. So, so my mood went down and down and down. But at that moment, <laughs> at that opening kickoff, that was one of my favorite moments of, of being a Bears fan. It, it, it seems like that was the moment that the 2006 magic ran out right? Like the, all those, those comeback moments, that Arizona Cardinals game, that oh. unbelievable comeback. Mm-hmm. As soon that as was probably two. That yeah, was right? Two. <laughs> so, so I don't know if you guys remember, but right when COVID started, they started replaying games. And that yep. was one of the ones that they played. And I sat there and I watched every second yep. of that game. And my wife was like, when does it get good? I was like, well, in the last like four <laughs> minutes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Badge, what about you, man? Same question. 
it's funny because I I probably would have that probably would have been one of my moments because same scenario I'm at a Super Bowl party um, with a bunch of guys our wives couldn't care less although my I think my wife did have on like some Bears gear that she was forced to wear because um, she couldn't care less about sports so um, and I said to my buddies I go I'm calling it I go he's housing it and I'm I go he's going 98 yards. Well, obviously he went 92, but I was close, (laughs) but (laughs) I would say my, one of my favorite moments, um, has to be, and, and I don't know why this sticks out to me, but for some reason it, Brian Urlacher catching the touchdown pass on the fake field goal in Washington. Yes. And I don't know if it's because like it was, I was, I was an adult for the first time you know, watching the Bears on my own, like in my own home, like, and for some reason that, that just sticks out to me, knowing what Brian was turned into for, you know, and seeing what that was. And it's like, I don't know, it's just one of my favorite moments, you know, in recent memory. Um, I mean, gosh, I, I'm sure I could go back and think of some when I was a kid, but the hard part locally here was not being able to watch. So now that's not a problem. So that was, that was a pass from Brad Maynard, the punter, wasn't Brad it? Brad Maynard. Let's yep. go, dude. Yep. I, I, folks that are listening, I wish you could see our, all of our heads started nodding. As soon as he said that thing, every one of us were on board. We knew exactly <laughs> yeah. the play that you were talking about, the moment you were talking about. All right, Shagru, talk to us, buddy. Uh, your your favorite moment that just comes to the top of your head? Well, I would I would definitely say the Hester kick too. That's but I you know I don't want to I don't want to repeat that because we all have the same feelings. We're all jumping for joy and you know everything goes to hell after that. But I will say <laughs> it's probably got to be the Bernard Berrien catch in the game before the <laughs> NFC Championship <laughs> game. I remember exactly where I was. Me and my best friend who we watched every single Bears game, and I'm not kidding, like literally every single bears game that season together when we were in, I think we were freshmen. Yeah. We were freshmen in high school and we're coming back from a church retreat. And I just remember kept telling the youth minister, like, Hey man, we got to get home. Like the bears are (laughs) like, you know, I'm missing half the game here. And as soon as we get home, we're racing to his house. We turn on the TV and literally I'm, I'm not kidding. The next play was Bernard Berrien, that diving catch, getting up, rolling into the end zone. And that was when the floodgates opened up when New Orleans just didn't have a chance. Thomas Jones takes into the end zone, Cedric Benson. It was snowing outside. And I remember going outside with my buddy. We're playing football and we're just like, the Bears are going to the Super Bowl. Like, this is unbelievable. We're beside ourselves. We just come back from a church thing. We're like, this is a gift from God. Like (laughs) everything was, it it was such a good day. In that moment, that play, just his, his, ability to track the ball catch it while falling down and then get up untouched to score like one of the coolest plays oh. i remember sexy rexy sure could chuck it deep couldn't he boys i mean he couldn't do anything else the he one thing he could do yep. <laughs> his hands were too small he didn't, he didn't to hold... mind going deep. <laughs> yeah right his hands were too small to, to hold on to the ball, but if he could, man, he was chucking it deep to Bernard Berrien. Man, those were some good old days. Holy cow. 
All right. All right. Let, oh. let, let's, let's shift gears here, gentlemen. I just want to quickly hear, how is your off-season going? I mean, obviously, we know that what we do changes dramatically as the off-season gets rocking and rolling. So, Badge, I want to start with you. Just talk to us a little bit about what does your off-season kind of look like as, you know, as, you know, free agency starts and all this stuff. Like, how do things kind of change for you? Yeah, I mean, in season, you know, I mean, it's it's you're 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 busy preparing, you know, what who's your opponent for for that week. So you spend a little bit of time maybe watching, you know, tape from the year before, or if they've already got a game under their belt, doing that now. Um, you know, I used to be super crazy, and I would just sit here and go back and watch the games from last season, just the Bears games, and it it just got to be too much. So I kind of, you know, enjoy the, the breather. Normally our show, we usually try to end like the week after the bears are done. We kind of do like a season recap and then we don't really come back until the draft. Um, but this year has been a little bit different and we kind of continued on. Um, and now we're going to take a little bit of a hiatus. Um, you know, um, you know, we'll pop in with breaking news if, if you know, trade signing, you know, the, the Andy Dalton signing. We did a special, you know, live show uh, that night and, and talked about it. And, you know, um, now it's kind of just like preparing for our draft show. We do the Barfly Tailgate show on our network um, in the past few years has done the last day of the draft. Last year, we did a six hour and 30 minute draft show. Um, so it's kind of, a, it's a lot, um, it's putting a lot together and being, you know, as prepared as you can be, um, and, you know, trying to give out good information. I mean, we're sitting there in the seventh round when Arlington Hambright and Lachavius Simmons are picked and we're looking at our list going, uh, who are these guys, <laughs> you know, and we actually had our draft expert on and he's like, man, I got to look these guys up. I'm, I'm not even sure who they are. <laughs> that's that's um, a- So, you know, it's, it's, we'll, we'll start talking about that. We'll start putting our mocks together. Um, and then we take a nice long hibernation. We'll say um, we, I've got big things. My, my daughter's graduating from high school this year. So my wife and I have a, we're preparing for some sort of graduation party. We don't know what that'll entail, Um, but you know, we just hope everything goes well for our daughter. I mean, these, these kids have lost out on so much their senior year during COVID it, they, no prom, no homecoming. Um, you know, luckily my daughter's a volleyball player. We were able to go to senior night. Um, but unfortunately it could just be the parents of the seniors that were there. So, you know, Kaylin's support group, my daughter is, you know, my wife and I, my parents, my sister and her husband, my mother-in-law you know, they all had to watch it on stream. So um, a lot going on, but we're excited for it. And, and you know, we're ready for the draft, I think. Uh, we'll, we'll have our mocks out here, I think, the week before the draft. And uh, I'm just ready to see. Uh, to me, guys, there's got to be a major move coming. Ryan, we're going to get into that for sure. We're definitely going to get into that. Um, but Brendan, I want to come to you, hear about your offseason. Badge, make sure that I don't forget. We will talk about the draft. We'll talk about that because I think there's a lot to say there. But Brendan, talk to us a little bit about your offseason. 
Yeah, so it's, uh, you know, it's been a little bit crazy because of all the uh, potential moves happening, whether, you know, the whole uncertainty with Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy in January, the press conference fiasco. I know from a writing standpoint, that was uh, a ton of work, a ton of reactions. But for me personally, I like to take like a little bit of a step back because as all of you know, like the season, there's so much going on every single game, every week. And, you know, by the end of the last two years, I've just been like burnt out. And so I like to take a little bit of a break, really dive into it again. Once free agency starts, I just started doing um, episodes again uh, for my podcast. I'm going to be doing that throughout the off season after taking like a couple months break. But uh, for me, I absolutely love the NFL draft, so I can't wait for it. But um, really, my big offseason plans are uh, me and my wife are hoping to have, well, we're not hoping at this point, we're having our wedding reception that was postponed last year. Uh, we were supposed to have, uh, we were supposed to get married in April. We ended up having a small wedding in June with just 10 people. It was um, totally chaotic. And of course, like it's never fun when your wedding gets postponed, but things are looking on the up and up. We're able to have a full um, reception this year. The only issue is, and I hate the NFL for doing this, they pushed the draft week back one week. So now May 1st, I won't get to see or really pay attention to the uh, the final few rounds of the draft. And even though we're already married, my wife already promised me like, hey, don't get into the whole draft thing. I know you, I know you're going to be on Twitter. Like, just don't do it, please. Just one day. I'm like, I'm going to try, but <laughs> I have to hear who this year's Arlington Ambright is. You know? yeah. Well, yeah. They, and they have so many picks in the sixth round, right? So it's going to take forever to get oh. through it. So, well, yeah. Hey, no, no, not true. Ryan Pace is going to trade those away. <laughs> oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> Brendan, first of all, congratulations, man. I, I didn't realize it was, it was so new, man. That is, that is exciting news. So congrats to you, man. Thank you. All right, Dan, let's hear it. That off season. Let's, let's hear all about it. Hey, Brendan, congratulations, man. That's, that's, a, that's a good look, man. I hope you guys enjoy your reception. As Thank well. you, man. I appreciate that. For sure. But um, this offseason, it's been, it's been hectic. It's been chaotic, right? Um, everything from the quarterback situation, the rumors that we have going on and on and on. So we do our podcast, and, and we've been conducting a podcast every single week uh, uh, since then. We've done a couple, you know, like reaction episodes as well uh, to certain signings or something that's happened, maybe a press conference or whatever. You know, so we've had those things. We've had we've had Matt Nagy, and you know, is the is the, is his job safe, and so on and so forth. So we've had a ton of that information, and of course, um, there's several rumors involving Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, to to um, you know every every other quarterback that the Bears have been linked to somehow, Sam Darnold and Gardner Minshew. So you know, it's just been chaotic. And then we have the signings, so now we're rolling into free agency. I mean, not free agency, but up into the draft. And as we get towards the draft, we're going to do more episodes, right? So um, we give out grades to, to, to guys who are on the roster from last year, uh, what we look forward to going forward. And then, of course, we're looking at this draft, trying to figure out where should the Bears go, who should they draft, in what round, so on and so forth. So, Dan, you brought it up. We knew this was going to be a big part of this conversation. Mitch Trubisky has signed a one-year deal in Buffalo, and Andy Dalton is apparently QB1. 
give us your thoughts on that one, man. I, <laughs> I am really curious to hear it, man. Let's hear it. Well, you know, I pride myself on telling the truth of, about how we feel, right? That's, that's what our podcast is made of, you know. We're, we try to be objective. Of course, we're fans of the team, but we're objective too. So we're not just fanboys and ignore the glaring issues that are, that are in front of us. So the biggest issue that I have is that we, we replaced Mitch Trubisky with more of the same, you know, and that's just, that's just point blank period. I mean, it's, you know, I, I said it this past week on my podcast and I'll say it here. If, if we married ourselves to Mitch Trubisky, if the Chicago Bears married themselves to Mitch Trubisky, much like Cincinnati did and had Andy Dalton for nine years, his numbers, you could, you could take his numbers and put them in, and it would be Mitch Trubisky's numbers. That's what we have. So we didn't improve, and we, in fact, cut Kyle Fuller in order to basically sign Andy Dalton. We got rid of $11 million, and we put up $10 million towards him. Um, with the possibility of earning more. And to me, it just didn't make sense. Um, Mitch Trubisky is no Dan Marino. I'll say that, and, and I'll say that, you know, two and three times. But um, at the end of the day, I felt like he was done a disservice because he wasn't put in a position to win. He wasn't, he wasn't given the right tools. We have a, you know, and, and we may get into Matt Nagy later on. I don't want to go into it if, if you are going to go that direction. So basically what, I'm, what I feel about this Mitch Trubisky situation is that he was not given everything that he needed to succeed. They didn't draw out his talent. They didn't, draw, they didn't utilize his skill set to, to, to put him in positions to be successful on the football field. And Matt Nagy is, is this type of coach where he's trying to – he walks around and says BU or something like that on his, on his cards, but he's trying to be Kansas city. He's, he's been trying to be Kansas city for the longest time. If you look at the plays that they run, they're exactly the same. I mean, there's no, it's no variation. You can see what plays Matt Nagy's calling compared to what plays Bill Lazor's calling things like that. It's predictable. Right. Um, and, and, and he's not good at situational football. How many times has he called a timeout and killed a drive? You know, but he expects his players to be smart when it comes to situational football. Um, so that's, that's, that's the thing. We have wide receivers. Our wide receivers are slow, technically. Allen Robinson's not a burner. And Anthony Miller, he's, he's got some quickness and things like that, but he's not a burner. He can't get downfield, right? We had Darnell Mooney. That's his first year. And then we have Wims, who's a big body, a big target. And we have Ridley, who barely ever sees the field. So we have slow receivers, but we're trying to instill a Kansas City offense. And you're making, Matt, you're, you're making Mitch Trubisky do these things that you want Mahomes to do, throw 45 times in a game. And I've been on this since 2019, the first game of 2019. If you go back and check those stats, we opened up against Green Bay on a Sunday, Sunday I think it was Sunday night football. We opened up against Green Bay. He dropped Mitch Trubisky back to pass. 57 times in that game. He got sacked five times. He incompleted a bunch of passes. And we only ran the ball with David Montgomery. I think he has six carries. And our other running back had five carries, I believe it was. So when you're unbalanced like that on the road in a opening game against your arch rival, 
that that to me that was a terrible game plan and it's been like that since then and he's basically trying to fit a square into a circle hole and that's what he did for the whole time that Mr. Trubisky was there and then he scapegoated coaches on the way out and now he scapegoated the, the quarterback as well but that's my that's my viewpoint on it but I'm not I'm not saying that Mr. Trubisky is you know Dan Marino he's got his issues and his flaws as well but he was not given the right opportunities and they did not develop him the way that they should have. That's, that's a lot. That is, that is a lot. And he makes some good points, Dan. Um, and I have somebody who, you know, I've been a Trubisky supporter for a while. I really thought, you know, as he was developing in 2018 and, you know, even at points in 2019, I remember that Dallas game, like everything was clicking. Unfortunately, I, unfortunately I do think it was the right move to move on from him. And clearly the market kind of, you know, showed that, the bears were in the right because he wasn't getting any offers to start. He took a two, two and a half million dollar deal to back up Josh Allen. Clearly the opportunities weren't there. I do think it does fall with Matt Nagy in some sense because he was going out there to start in the early 2020 season. He had a decent start. I didn't think he was meant. He shouldn't have been benched when he was, I thought he should have finished that game. Maybe had another start. Everything sort of fell apart with Nick Foles. There was no offensive identity. Matt Nagy continues to not run the ball. You're right. He dropped back like way too much in that first game. And I remember basically calling him out for play calling back then. If you can't establish the run and, you know, create a good balance that puts everybody in the right position to win, then what, what are you doing? Why do you have another offensive coordinator? But the thing is, Trubisky just did never develop even after like kind of, you know, Matt Nagy took the, the reins off him a little bit like, okay, let's, let's see what you can do with a full offense, you know, using the full field. He wasn't able to make that happen. He had success against those lesser defenses, but even back in the 2018 season, when he played that great Rams defense, sure they won. And we all remember the Santa sleigh uh, play. That was so much fun, but he was missing throws. He was getting, you know, he, he was uncomfortable. He wasn't able to adjust in the pocket. And I think you started to see signs there that things weren't working out. And at the end of the year, as good as he was that season, it was bad. Like that San Francisco 49ers game. You could even say the Vikings game at the end wasn't great. And we all want to look towards the, the last, really the last drive of that Eagles game before Cody Parkey. Sure. He definitely made some great throws there, but Earlier in the game, he couldn't get you there. So um, it, it, the situation itself was toxic. Maybe that was, you know, a little bit of Nagy, a little bit of pace and Trubisky. I would say if the Bears were willing to move on from pace and Nagy earlier and, you know, it's, instead of committing to them, I would have been okay trying to have Mitch Trubisky back in a one-year deal and seeing what he can do with another coaching staff. But just that situation needed to go and – Maybe I'm not like thrilled with Andy Dalton, but I'm just sort of ready to put that whole thing to bed because it, it just wasn't working out how it was, how it was meant to. I, I got to say this, my man, Dan, I mean, was spot on. Like I literally felt like I was Dan spitting out everything he said, because it's literally what I've been basically word for word have been saying, like Dan said, you know, since probably about the same time. Um, I think back to 2017, he, he comes in in that, what, third preseason game, you know, comes in the second half. It's, it's the run game, play action passes. And that season, I mean, that's what he did. And he looked okay doing it. So now you bring in this 
offensive guru. I, I'm t- I, that that phrase can disappear. Matt Nagy to me, I don't. If Russell Wilson were here, and maybe he will be, I I don't think even if Russell Wilson's here, this offense that Matt Nagy is trying to run is going to make any sort of difference. Russell may be able to make some plays because he's a more accurate quarterback, but Matt Nagy is a problem. Um, And until he figures it out himself or they have to get rid of him, I just think it's going to be, you know, more of the same. Mitch, you know, um, as Dan said again, this is a guy who clearly liked to use his legs. And in 2018, they let him use his legs. And then for whatever reason, in 2019, boom, it's done. Now, I get he got hurt. Um, I went to the Giants-Bears game in 18 at the Meadowlands, and he didn't play. Chase Daniel played because he hurt the shoulder. So that Rams game that, that Brendan brought up, he's that's his first game back from that injury. Now, we'll never know. Was he really fully – was that shoulder really feeling good? I mean, granted, it was his – I think it was his non-throwing shoulder, right? Um, so – you know, I think if they played to his strengths, like you saw the you know on the the, the last few games of the season, things may have been different. Um, but I still think, like Dan said, you know Harry Heastand uh, was a scapegoat. The tight end coach was a scapegoat. Um, now this season they get to pin it on Mitch. So here they try to do something safe by bringing in Andy Dalton, and somebody familiar with Dalton is already here in Bill Lazor. If this doesn't work out and how it looks right now, to me, guys, I think Pace is safe as of right now. Matt Nagy, if he can go out and lead this team to the playoffs again, he may get another year out of this. But if he doesn't, guess who's the scapegoat? Bill Lazor. Him and Andy Dalton are going to be disappearing. Hopefully Nagy with him. Um, but I want to win. I, you know, I, I don't care that who's here to do it. I mean, yes, there, there's players that – I think personify being a bear, but I mean, it's, it's okay. It's business. They, if they're going to, you know, they got to think about themselves too. And the organization has to think about them. So, you know, I try not to get too attached to the players, but some of these guys, you know, they're just good dudes and it makes it difficult. So I wish Mitch nothing but the best. I'm only like two and a half hours from Buffalo. So I could, you know, pop down the road, which ain't going to happen, but I could if I wanted to. I mean, maybe if the Bears are on a bye week, I might, but <laughs> I don't miss a Bears game. So, Badge, I want to come right back to you. Mitch isn't here, and Andy Dalton yep. is here. Give us, give us your thoughts on Andy Dalton being QB1 at this point. I know you kind of mentioned that you were thinking, hey, maybe this, there's a big move that's still coming. I mean, I was in that category for a while I don't think I'm there anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I can give Ryan Pace that much credit. So, so talk us through Andy Dalton and your thoughts on that. Yeah, you know, I mean, it isn't Andy Dalton's fault that he's here. I mean, he got offered a contract. Um, he accepted it. He's going to get paid to be a quarterback here. Now he's being told he's QB1. Um, Mike Lennon was told he was QB1. And then you had the knee fumble and just his neck getting wrapped up around an offensive lineman's leg and tripping dudes up and, you know, just, (laughs) uh, but I, you know, I, I just, I think if, if, I mean, 
Andy's Mitch. We, we already said it, you know, I mean, that's really what he is. So if they put a good game plan together, you know, now the difference with Andy is he can read a whole field. I think, um, you know, he's been doing this a long time. He had a big receiver in AJ green, um, you know, with Allen Robinson being here, I said it on our show. If I'm Allen Robinson, I'm, I don't want to sign that free agent tender, you know, the, uh, geez, uh, I'm losing my the franchise. Yeah. Tag? The franchise tag franchise tag. Um, so you, you brought, I came here with Mitch. Then you brought me chase Daniel. Then you brought me Nick Foles and now you're bringing me Andy Dalton, but look at the wide receiver market. Nobody's getting paid. Everybody thought they were getting paid. I mean, um, dude from Detroit got paid by the giants, but, uh, I don't think he was going to get that anyplace else, you know, where he was going. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, there's just a lot of questions and I, like I said, I don't trust Matt Nagy at, at all. Um, at all. So if it's Bill Lazor, because he's familiar with Andy calling plays. Okay, fine. Maybe we, we have some success there. Um, but I, I just don't, I don't feel it with Nagy, man. Dan, what about you? If, if I say Andy Dalton, what are your kind of thoughts on, on that move? He's, he's apparently QB1. My first, my first thought when Andy Dalton is, 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 is said, weak arm. He's got, he's got a weak arm. He's got a below average arm, and everybody knows that, right? So the reason I say that and the reason I think it's a, a big deal is because you're you're going to play in you know in Chicago in, in Soldier Field, it's windy, it's cold, it's even harder to throw a ball in the cold and in the wind. So if you have a weak arm already, what's that what's that arm going to look like when when those conditions get bad, right? So that's my that's my concern. My second my second thing about Andy Dalton is uh, if you look back at his days in Cincinnati. The, the wide receivers that he had that he was successful with, A.J. Green, Marvin Jones, Tyler Boyd, these are all six-foot-three receivers. Six-foot-three, six-foot-four, you know what I mean? Big, huge targets. And that's what you need when you have a guy with a weaker arm. He needs a, a, a target with a huge catch radius so that he can, you know, fit the ball in there. Um, and we don't have – we have one large receiver. We got Allen Robinson, right? The other ones, you know, 5'10", 5'11", maybe, uh, you know, you don't want to – you don't want to – it's, you know, he's he's more accurate, I guess, but he's accurate to larger receivers. When, when he's thrown to a smaller receivers, it doesn't work well. And then my, my third thing when I think about Andy Dalton is what did he do last year? Last year he's in Dallas. And true enough, he came in and, and he was playing a backup role. But with the weapons and the running game that they had in Dallas – the, the, the numbers, you know, should have been better, in my opinion. Uh, and, and, you know, so you, you look at his numbers and you look at Mitch Trubisky's numbers, and I hate to bring Mitch up again. Um, I'm not comparing I'm – not, I'm not saying that, you know, we should have Mitch because I agree with you guys that, you know, the marriage should have been divorced, right? But if you compare those two guys, Mitch numbers from 2017 onward – are better than Andy Dalton's completion percentage, touchdown to interception, interception ratio, and so many other different different stats. Running the ball, you know, touched running, running, running for touchdown, rushing touchdowns. So all of those things are are, are better. So you know, 
I'm not really optimistic when it comes to Andy Dalton. Can he turn it around? Maybe I, you know, maybe I don't know, but I'm not terribly optimistic. I think at the end of the day, we'll end up having some type of move made, like Ryan said, uh, whether that be a draft or uh, uh, some type of free agent situation or not free agent, but a, a trade involving Russell Wilson. Um, one of those things are going to happen and Andy Dalton will be, you know, it's 2017 all over again. Mike Lennon, bring in Mitch Trubisky. This time it's Andy Dalton, draft Zach Wilson or, or, or Justin Fields. I don't know. Brendan, we talked about this a little bit on the 46 podcast where I said, I think Mitch Trubisky is a better quarterback. It sounds like Dan's saying the same thing at this point, not throughout their entire careers, but at this point. I'm curious, man, how do you feel about it? Because I, I, I don't actually think I know at this point, how do you feel about Andy Dalton? I honestly just keep asking the question, why? Why did we make this signing? I mean, Ryan Pace panicked again for the second straight year. Instead of waiting for a thing, you know, something to, I, I could see you getting excited. <laughs> Instead of waiting for a quarterback, to hit the market like a Marcus Mariota, because I guarantee you after now his contract was just restructured after he was kind of like potentially going to be cut or traded. I guarantee you had the bears not made that made the decision to go with Dalton, Marcus Mariota was going to get cut and the bears were going to sign him probably to a lesser deal. And I I'm arguing that Marcus Mariota would have been a better situation than Andy Dalton. I think the Russell Wilson thing is still out there. Like you guys said, there is still options out there in the draft in, you know, potential trade with Wilson. It's just like, and you also already have Nick Foles. Nick Foles is under contract. I feel like you're just sort of making a lateral move. I will say Andy Dalton's better than Nick Foles slightly, but why would you make this when things can develop much later on? Ryan Pace is just worried about missing out yet again. He panics. He makes the big signing for $10 million. And I, I think Dan made an awesome point about the weak arm because I think you inadvertently just figured out why Jimmy Graham is still on this team. Seriously, like with a cap hit like his, why would you need somebody like Jimmy Graham? It's because he's tall. He's a big target. And apparently when Andy Dalton has a weaker arm, he does rely on those bigger targets. It's a great, it is really a great point in all seriousness. Um, I just sort of question why the move was made in general. I think he's basically a lateral move from Trubisky. He's got an 87.5 career quarterback rating. He, you know, even in Dallas with great receivers, such as Amari Cooper, CD lamb, I love Michael Gallup and that offense that really was putting up points. I, I mean, he still just had an 87.3 rating. Like he was just kind of a guy and that's what the bears do. They just get guys at quarterback the good news for Andy Dalton is assuming they don't get a quarterback in the draft. I do think they do, but let's just say for this instance, they don't, he's got a very low bar to clear. Like if he goes out there in week one and throws two touchdowns, no interceptions, and maybe like 105 quarterback rating, people are going to love him. People are going to fall in love with this guy. He is a good person. You see it, you know, his, his attitude, his characteristics, like as a guy, Andy Dalton's very good, but the bears just got that, prototypical bears quarterback again and this is why we're living in the situation that we're in the bears continue to find just these guys and can't find difference makers or they choose to not wait for things to develop and panic here's the other thing too guys is they just paid nick Foles four million dollars on march 20th that locks him in 
So now what? It, it, it blows my mind. I think in, in some ways I was thinking that they were hoping Philadelphia was going to make them an offer. You know, hey, give us, you know, seventh round, maybe a sixth round, and, and we'll take Nick Foles off your hands. And in that regard, I would say, okay, we'll see you later. Clearly, this was a mistake on our part. This is not the guy. It wasn't going to work out. Philadelphia, there was some magic there. Maybe you guys can rekindle that. Jalen Hurts sure would like a veteran presence like a Nick Foles, but that's, that's not seemingly in the cards. Now, gentlemen, I, I, I want to turn this just around a little bit. Sticking with the theme of quarterback. Is there a guy out there that you think is a realistic possibility, whether it be in the draft, whether you think it is through a trade, or do you think we've got these two guys and maybe a, a mid-round quarterback coming around? Dan, I'm going to start with you on this one. Is there, is there a guy that, that you're looking at? Well, there's a guy that I, that I would want. Uh, number one, I would want Justin Fields. Um, and the two quarterbacks that I, that I figure in the draft is Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. Um, I think they're both very, very talented. Very, they can move. They can throw the ball. They can do a lot of different things. But I, I, would, I would elevate Justin Fields a little bit ahead of Zach Wilson just because of the uh, competition level that he faced in college, right? Went to Georgia, went to Ohio State, played much better competition in the Big 12 in the SEC, even though he didn't play for Georgia, really. Um, uh, but but he, he, he was recruited out there. And Zach Wilson being at BYU, you just don't play that level of talent, right? So the jump to the pros would be more difficult for Zach Wilson because he's making a jump from playing scrubs to playing top-notch, you know, top-notch everything. So Justin Fields would probably be uh, – he would probably be acclimated better at, at moving forward in that regard. I think they have a chance to get him. Um, you're going to have to give up a first round this year, probably a second, and maybe a first for next year, of course, right? So that's going to be the trade in order to move up. There are several teams that I don't think are going to take quarterbacks. I don't think the Jets are going to. Um, I live in Atlanta, and I listen to, you know, the, the reporters out here and everything, and a lot of reports are saying that Atlanta wants to move back. So they would, they would be willing to trade down, Right. Um, there are also several other teams that, that I don't see taking, taking quarterbacks right away. I think the Jets will probably end up taking that tight end out of Florida um, to try to give Sam Darnold some help. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's what I'm looking at. Um, the Russell Wilson thing, I'm, I'm a little bit <laughs> – I'm not as optimistic as I once was on that situation. Um, I think it's more likely it, – it's, it's a possibility – because Seattle only has three draft picks right now, right? So it's a possibility that when the draft comes, the Bears could offer them four first-round picks. But I don't want that to happen because I don't think he's worth that much. I think he's good. He's, he's a great quarterback. But I just don't want to give away four first-round draft picks for one guy. Um, that's just my personal opinion. Um, so that's where I'm standing on it. I think I – think, the, the better option would probably be to try to move up to grab one of those two guys, Justin, Justin Fields, preferably because he's, he's, a, he's got more experience against top talent. Dan, to your point, the Fields-Zach Wilson thing feels a little bit, just a little bit, like the Deshaun Watson-Mitch Trubisky thing. One guy coming from a winning program uh, with a lot of experience on the big stage, and the other guy loads of talent, 
uh, but playing at a much lower level. And, and I, I think that would be interesting to see if it plays out that way in a, in a kind of a similar fashion. Brennan, I want to come to you. Same question. It's really hard because I think given the realistic options in the draft, I want to get it really excited about Trey Lance and Mac Jones. I think two of the quarterbacks that are probably going to be available and, you know, this could be, I, if, if Kyle Pitts goes to uh, New York second overall, that would be, that'd be insane. I mean, he is such a great player, um, you know, but this also could be a draft where you see four quarterbacks go off the board back to back to back to back. When you think about it, Lance and Jones are probably those two most realistic options. The thing I get really scared about is their lack of experience just overall, not even playing college, because you look at guys like Trubisky, guys like Mark Sanchez, guys that really only have like that true one year starting experience. It's really hard for them to transfer over to the NFL, no matter how talented they are. So I think after the Trubisky experiment, I'm a little worry about going after a guy, even somebody like Mac Jones, who just won the national championship. Yes. He's been on Alabama for a long time. He's had to work his way up to be the starter after everything that's happened. It's still really hard for me to trust that. So I think I'm, I'm with you. I think the Russell Wilson thing is still a possibility because Wilson still hasn't come out and the Seahawks still haven't come out and said like, Hey, I want to be here. Like both parties can easily end this right away and just, you know, put any doubt to bed, but that hasn't happened. And it was Pete Carroll from all reports that made the decision to not pull the trigger on the trade. So we are one Russell Wilson, you know, report from his agent or tweet or whatever saying, I don't want to play for the Seahawks organization anymore. We are one tweet away from really a potential holdout and things really escalating. And we know the bears, they're obviously still interested. I don't think that, you know, the Andy Dalton signing is going to, is going to stop that. I'd probably think in my opinion, I feel like they're probably going to take a flyer on a quarterback in the second round, third round. I've, you know, been doing a little bit of research. I know Kellen Mond could be available option. Somebody who started for four years or played four years at Texas A&M. I just don't see them a having the draft capital to getting somebody like Trey Lance and Mac Jones. And I'm just not sure anybody's going to be available. You know, there's a realistic possibility. All those guys could be gone by pick 10. Brendan, you asked me this question when I came on the 46, and now I want to ask you, why is Jimmy Graham still on this roster? Do you believe that it has to do with a potential Russell Wilson trade? Part of me does. Part of me wants to put my tinfoil hat on uh, because we know how much of an advocate he is. And that Peter King report that came out a few weeks ago saying that Jimmy Graham is really selling Wilson on Chicago my other part or my other thinking is that Ryan Pace still wants to put a ton of talent and money into this offense. Jimmy Graham did have a role last year, even though it definitely was reduced and limited by the end of the year, he still caught nine total touchdowns. He was a beast in the red zone. I mean, it, you just throw it up. He comes down with it. And really Matt Nagy likes to use the two tight end sets. So him and Komet on the field at the same time is probably going to be something that we've seen. And you know, again, I'm, I'm dead serious. Like when you have a quarterback that has a weaker arm, he's not as accurate. You know, you need a guy to pluck the ball out of the air and just be a reliable target. Jimmy Graham can still be that. He's not as fast. He's not as athletic as he was. It, it's, but it is part of me baffling. It's still part baffling to me that he carries such a big cap hit and that he's on this team. So clearly 
it's it's got to be more than just you know trade bait to getting Russell Wilson. They really need to see him as an actual offensive weapon this upcoming season. Yeah, I mean, I'm in on Justin Fields all the way, but my uh, I believe I made this point this past week on the show. Can they actually provide enough to a team to to get up that high? Um, I, I just don't know that they can. Um, so you know, I, I really. I mean, I love Russell Wilson, but like Dan said, uh, man, four first-round picks for a dude. Like, I was okay with three, like semi-okay. But four, it's like, man. Now, if he comes here year one, wins the Super Bowl, okay, I'll I'll just take my stuff off and I'll just sit here and not talk no more. But (laughs) I – to me, I just think there's something – they have to take a major swing here. Like you're, you're the window for your defense. I mean, Kyle Fuller's gone and I know we'll get into that, but you're running out of time now with Khalil Mack as the leader of your defense with Roquan Smith, with Akeem Hicks. Um, you've got this young cornerback core now with Fuller gone and Jalen Johnson, Kendall Vildor, Duke Shelley, Xavier Crawford is another guy that, you know, he didn't play last, he didn't get the opportunity to play last season or he opted out, I don't remember which, but, you know, there's opportunity there for somebody to step up, step up. True font coming in now. But to me, they have to take a ginormous swing here. And to me, I really think the only way you can see them doing that is with Russell Wilson. Now, Deshaun Watson, I mean, you see everything that's happening with dude right now. I mean, you might be able to snake him come like June for, I don't know, a conditional seventh or something if all this stuff, was, you know, <laughs> keeps going. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Totally not a scripted question at all. Would you take him right now? Just understanding that there's a lot of legal issues surrounding it. I mean, his talent is – if you would have asked me, would I take Deshaun Watson? What would I give up for Deshaun Watson? I would have told you, yes, I'll give you three first round picks. I'll give you four first round picks because Ryan Pace is, is terrible at him anyway. So why, why not? But man, things, I don't know, gentlemen, I'm curious with, with all of you badge. I want to start with you. Yeah. Have you changed your mind at all about if, if Deshaun Watson was going to come here? I mean, so the first report apparently that was ever filed was blackmail. And it's the same attorney now that's filed these 16 other charges or whatever. So, uh, you know, right now I would say no, just because you don't know how much of this is phony, how much of this is legit, is any of it legit. I mean, I, I get famous people and athletes, you know, they got money, so they try to, you know, I find it hard to believe Deshaun Watson's going to all these different massage parlors and asking and, you know, paying for stuff like this. But, I mean, weirder stuff has happened. So, right now, I would say no. Um, But, I mean, I wouldn't totally be opposed to it. You know, we don't even know what's going to happen with with this. Like, if this has to go to trial, is this, are they going to let Deshaun Watson even play? I have a feeling he would be – on the reserve suspended list and not be allowed to partake until all this blows over. But I will say this, if none of this was going on, I'd give up four first rounders for Deshaun. He's younger. 
Um, you know, you, I mean, do, I mean, look what he had last year. Like he really had nothing and he still put up over 4,000 yards. So, I mean, coming here, it's, it might be an eye opener for him. Dan, what about you? Would you, would you trade for Deshaun Watson right now? Right this moment, right this moment, it's civil, civil lawsuits. It's not criminal. So right this moment, if you ask me would I trade for him, I would say yeah, because it's not criminal yet. Now, that's the risk you run, right? But it's also a risk drafting the quarterback. It's also a risk doing, doing these other things, right? So, you know, you could get burned either way, in my opinion. But as of right now, it's civil. Um, I mean, he, he's got to have his day in court. These women have to have their day in court. At the end of the day, though, you know, let's say he does get suspended. He will probably get suspended, even though it's civil. He'll probably get six, maybe eight, ten games. Is that worth it? Because he's under contract for five years. And you still got two franchise tags that you can use on him as well. So if I give away ten games in suspension time, I'm cool with that because I got him for seven years. And he's 25 years old. Russell Wilson's 32 right now. So at the end of seven years, that's what Deshaun will be. So, you know, um, I would, I would, I would consider it, you know, consider trading for him if I could, if if they were open to it. I think as we get closer to the draft, there will be a little bit more clarity on the cases, and that will even open it up and and make the the uh, the vision on on if you should do a trade right now, you know, more clear. So so you'd have some more clarity on that situation and as things progress you know you can either take a step back or you can take a step forward but I think he's definitely worth it because the talent is is undeniable almost what 4,800 yards passing last year I mean come on come on with 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 almost I mean his is obviously Hopkins is gone his best weapon is gone and he's still able to do it Brendan same question would you would you give up for him I think so and I think Dan laid it out perfectly because it's it's civil right now. It's not criminal. There's still a ton to come out from this. And who knows, maybe there is, if a hypothetical trade were to happen, the asking price would come down. It's, it is a really tough situation to be in though. Um, And it's not apples to apples, but I just, this reminds me of the Brandon Marshall trade that happened in 2012. You know, the literally, I think it was the night before or two nights before Brandon Marshall was involved in that nightclub incident and he was traded to Chicago for a pair of third round picks. And really at the time we all thought that was highway robbery. And there was a lot of questions from that incident and it turned out to be pretty much nothing. I don't want to say pretty much nothing, but it essentially was in the grand scheme of things. And yes, he was kind of a head case in the locker room, but he produced for three years. And really after that, that was like no big deal. This is, this is different. You know, we're talking about what is it up to like 16 allegations now, you know, all over, So a lot more needs to come out of this, but yeah, you know, for a quarterback of his caliber of his talent, when you haven't seen one as a bears fan and yeah, he could be suspended for maybe half a season. It's worth the risk. And if they strike out, if something happens and you know, maybe this gets worse, I mean, so be it. But I think you got to take that risk at this point. And Ryan Pace probably has to take this risk at this point. All right. So gentlemen, the off season, there, there are so many moves and we could sit here for another hour and a half talking about all of these moves. But instead, what I would like to do is hear from each of you 
an off-season move that you like. Maybe it was a re-sign, maybe it was a free agent, a move that you have liked, and a move that you didn't like. So I'm going to go start with Badge, and then we'll hit with Brendan and Dan. Um, I <laughs> Excuse me. There's a couple moves that I like. Um, Damian Williams, obviously, but um, the move I think that I like the most um, is my man Christian Jones, Big Cheese, re-signed. Man, when he was a free agent a few years ago, I was like, man, they got to keep this dude. I mean, he could play inside. He lined up a little bit outside. Like, just just that in itself, I thought, was a reason to keep him around just as a depth piece in either spot. Um, so I like seeing him back. He's somebody that, you know, uh, to me, I think he jumps above Iggy and Josh Woods on the depth chart and is right behind um, Roquan and Danny. Um, and then you talk about that and his special teams ability as well. Uh, phenomenal special teamer as well. Always in on a lot of plays. Um, so to me, that was a move that I just, I was happy to see him come back. Um, a move that I didn't like, I mean, Kyle Fuller, you know, like I get it. Like, dude, he's 30 now, like he's getting older, but you got nothing, absolutely nothing for your best corner on your roster to just go back with his old buddy, and now Denver's bringing back Von. I mean, Denver's defense is going to be stout, and now we're putting it in the hands of Jalen Johnson, who that shoulder, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with the shoulder. As someone who's had both shoulders surgically repaired um, for dislocations, man, it can happen. It can start acting up at any point in time. Plus, as you get older, let me tell you, um, but yeah, just letting Kyle walk for absolutely nothing. You know, I mean, these are the type of moves that can make or break you as a GM and, you know, I, man, I, I criticize pace, but I never really like really wrote him, but it's getting to the point guys where he's got to have some incriminating evidence on Virginia or George or Ted, or maybe he's Ted's pool boy or something like, you know, I don't know what's going on, but um, just to let Kyle Fuller, who boy, that, that one just, you know, didn't sit well with me. Brian Pace would be a very handsome pool boy. I will say he could pull that off really well. He's got the, the other thing it. about the other thing about Kyle Fuller, like signing, you know, getting released and signing with the Broncos. It happened in 30 minutes. Like clearly he had a market and, you know, people were interested. And unfortunately the writing was on the wall and yeah, just another failed pace blunder. So that's a good answer. I will say I loved the re-signing of Mario Edwards Jr. I thought that was a very savvy move. I think that as much as Ryan Pace has done a poor job in many different areas, the one thing he's been great at is finding reserve interior defensive linemen. And really Mario Edwards came in last year. He had four sacks, played a key role on that defense. He's only 27 years old. I know we had that off the field situation and he's, you know, got pegged for two games for PEDs. But when you consider that Roy Robertson Harris signed just a, in all, you know, all things considered a pretty massive deal with Jacksonville. I mean, when you get 
Mario Edwards back on, you know, basically he's got a $1.5, $1.7 million cap hit versus a $4 million cap hit for Roy Robertson Harris. I take that all day. So um, happy with the move. And the one move I'm really upset about is the move that the bears haven't made yet. And that's at wide receiver. You cannot go in and I, I get the d- draft is deep right now, but you know, what's happening with Anthony Miller you can't just go in with basically Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney. I thought the Kenny Galladay situation was odd because, you know, you're offering him 11, $12 million and he's clearly getting long-term money from the giants. The wide receiver pool was pretty deep in free agency and you could have had some guys for a fairly, you know, I'd say, you know, respectable uh, salary, you know, things you wouldn't have to overpay necessarily. So, um, I really hope they address that in the draft. I'm sure they will. Ryan Pace hasn't been shy about taking wide receivers in the draft, but I would have loved to see Kenny Galladay in a Bears uniform or even somebody like, you know, a Marvin Jones Jr. Yeah, I agree with you 100% there. I think that was really foolish, uh, the whole situation with the the Kenny Galladay thing. I think that was almost a, a ploy to get Allen Robinson to go ahead and sign that franchise tender. Um, it could Because I don't understand why you would offer the guy – I'm just going to be honest with you. Kenny Galladay wanted to come to Chicago. He wanted to be here in Chicago. That's why it took three days when he was in New York. He was waiting and waiting, trying to give Chicago the time. They never came up with a better offer than 11 or $12 million. And that's, 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 that's egregious. That's bad. That's bad business. Um, the, the signing that I did like, though, was Jeremiah, and I hope I pronounced this right, Attitude, I, I believe. Um, hoping I pronounce that right, but he signed to a two-year deal. That's an upgrade from Bark Mingo, what we had last year. Bark Mingo was was good. Uh, he could drop back, but he wasn't really, you know, he couldn't do some things, right? He couldn't get to the quarterback like like we wanted to. We have an issue with Roger, Robert Robert Quinn. Two sacks on the season, paying him $70 million total, uh, $15 million this year. It's a, it's a terrible contract, right? The Bears can theoretically get up off of that contract next year. So if this guy comes in, maybe that's a ploy to get him to play a little bit better and put forth some effort, effort, Robert Quinn, and really work for his contract. So that's a good signing. If it doesn't work out with Robert Quinn, then we can move him into there. And I think he's a really good player. If you look at some of his highlights, it's really good. Um, The worst thing that we did this offseason thus far has been the Kyle Fuller thing. Um, To let him go, and to replace him with Desmond Trufant, you let a top 10 cornerback go. Just cut him. He's gone. You get nothing in return. And then you sign a guy who hasn't played a full season or hasn't played actually more than 10 games since 2017. He's hurt. He's banged up all the time. You know, 2017, he was 26 years old. Now he's 30 years old. You don't get better with time. You don't get, you don't get more healthy, right, in the NFL. So we know what is going to happen with this. So now we have a glaring hole at, at that position. We have glaring holes at wide receiver as well. And I think those have been the two biggest blunders so far by Pace and Nagy and their collaborative efforts on building the roster. Dan, it's so interesting that you say that. I've been thinking a lot about that press conference that they came across and they said, we have great culture. We have great culture. Not anymore. No, no, you don't. Not anymore. If you, if you listen to the rumors and all the things that are being said in the locker room that players are really not happy, the way you, you did Kyle Fuller dirty, 
And it's just, there, there's, there's no two ways about it. And he is going to be so happy to be back with Vic Fangio in Denver. I'm, I'm happy for him. He's a guy that I liked, a, a locker room guy. And the culture of that locker room, I would guess right now is pretty toxic. And so if that was the one thing that was going for you, and you lost that, I, I just, it, I, I can't understand it. The one that I was excited about, you know, you kind of alluded to badge was, was Damian Williams. But the problem, and I tweeted about this and we had an um, amazing text, uh, a tweet chain going on it, badge was that, what's, Nagy's not going to run the ball. So <laughs> right. he's got this, he's got, <laughs> he's, he's, he's got Tariq, he's got Monty and Damian Williams, but he's not going to use them because that dude hates to run the football. I just, all right, I know, gentlemen. Dude. So he, oh, it's 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 awful. All yep. right, so so Dan and Badge, this is your first time being on the show. So this is our absolute favorite segment. Since you guys came on, you have to do this. It's time for unpopular opinion. It can be about anything. It could be football related. It could be food. It could be absolutely anything. Right. So uh, New England Patriots tight end Matt Lacoste doesn't like cheese. Uh, a friend puts ketchup on hot dogs. Right. My good friend Rob Kirkland. I will never let you forget this, Rob. I know you're listening. You will never forget this. Doesn't like doesn't like Portillos. Like, what? What are you doing? Um, Brendan Chagru, I loved his, was, I don't want to see your mock draft. And so there, no, Badge, he's not talking about you guys. He's talking about the, the 80 million fans that are out there that are putting him on. Look who I got. I got every player that I ever wanted. That's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about you guys. All right. So, Badge, I'm coming to you first. What is your unpopular opinion? Oh my gosh. Well, I'm sure I, I'm, I, I know my family thinks my wife and I are nuts, but I'm actually going to throw my wife under the bus too. Um, I don't know about you guys, but my wife and I do not find Olive Garden to be actual Italian food. <laughs> Just, I mean, my, my, my father-in-law is full-blooded Italian. So when you come from you know, eating what he used to make years and years ago. Unfortunately, he passed a long time ago as well. But, you know, you're, you're getting fresh sauce, you know, pasta that's handmade to, to go on. Uh, nah, it, it, it just can't be. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. All right, Dan, what about you? I got to hear what is your unpopular opinion? Okay. So my unpopular opinion is, I don't know. It, it may not be that unpopular, but, um, there's a pizza chain in Chicago, right? And we all know of, you know, like Lou Malnati's and we know of all these different places that serve up great pizza. One that is slipped on, in my opinion, and they're a sponsor of the Chicago White Sox, which I hate because I'm a Cubs fan, but so I don't eat pizza during, you know, I'm not going to eat their pizza during the summertime, but <laughs> beggar's pizza is, is one of my favorite pizzas. It's really good. I don't know. I, I'll post it. I posted one this morning. Nobody liked it. You know what I mean? I think of like one person liked it. So maybe that's an unpopular opinion. I don't know, but I really like their pizza. I think it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, honestly, I got to say been in Chicago my whole life and I've, I've never had a beggar's pizza before. So now I got to I got to check it out. I Try haven't it. either. Try it. Try it. It's good. Okay. It's so, good in my opinion. So All right, gentlemen. I, I got to say this. Uh, I, we've been so lucky at the Bear Down Report to have some really great guests. I can't believe the depth by which you guys answered each of these questions 
And obviously you guys have very successful podcasts for a reason. I am hoping that you guys would be willing to come back. Maybe we make this an off season thing where, where the, the four of us get together and we talk bears in the off season, but gentlemen, this has been a really good conversation. I hope this is not the last time that we are talking uh, about the bears together. Um, so what I would like to do with this last little bit, any shout outs that you guys might like to give, maybe you've got some, some friends or some family that are listening, or maybe that just uh, other people on your pod, you'd like to give a shout out. And when you do make sure you let us know, how can we follow you guys on Twitter? So uh, Dan, I'm going to start with you. Uh, where can we find you? We got that three Kings pod and, and just uh, any shout outs you might like to give. Yeah. I'd like to uh, let you know, you can find me on Twitter at Dan Goodwin III. Um, and of course, uh, the Bears Brawl. That's another Twitter handle that, that I deal with as well. And we're the Three Kings podcast. So Devory, I'd like to shout him out. Devory Nesby, that's uh, one of my co-hosts. And of course, Roy Williamson, Ill Will, that's his Twitter handle. Um, those guys, man, I, I love working with them. Um, I couldn't imagine doing it. I enjoyed being here. You guys shared some nice knowledge about the game of football and Chicago Bears and the history of the Bears. I have nothing but respect for it. Um, I appreciate you, you, you inviting me on, and I will be back uh, whenever you need it, man, whenever you need it. Dan, Dan, we appreciate that very, very much, man. And, um, you know, for, for those that don't know, the reason why Dan especially got a, a, um, an invite to this was obviously I'm a big fan of, of his work. But he shot out a really nice thing about being a dad and we just went back and forth and you know what so Dan I appreciate you doing that man I especially you know dude it just bears podcast hosts can be friends and right. and, and I just want you to know I, I appreciate you greatly um Shagru, what about you buddy any any shout outs that you might like to give and obviously you know give it give it one more time for our listeners how can they get a hold of you if they're not already uh connected with you in some way Sure. You can follow me at Brendan Shagru. That's S-U-G-R-U-E on Twitter. Uh, you can follow my podcast at the 46 pod and uh, definitely check out my work at bearswire.com. I'll be writing more articles and reactions as things happen during the off season. But, you know, I gave a ton of shout outs the last time I was on. Um, a couple I missed or really one I missed is my buddy, Eric, who uh, has been a huge supporter of mine for uh, many years um, helped set up like a couple of interviews for me in the past. And, uh, it's just such a good dude, such a big bears fan. So I want to shout him out. And, uh, Dan, I know I gotta, I gotta, I know I just started following you. I need to follow Devori. I've got to say, Will is one of my favorite Twitter follows, man. Like he is such a fun dude. Like he put, I'm always laughing at his content. It's hilarious. So you guys, you guys definitely got a good crew over there. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Badge. What about you? Yeah, I mean, kudos to you, Ryan. Uh, you know, we've been going back and forth a little bit, and 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 Brendan and Dan, even us a little bit as well, too. Um, you know, just kudos to you guys, man. Everybody putting out good stuff that all it's okay to listen to other podcasts. Like it's it's not a bad thing, you know. It, it gives you a different perspective. <laughs> Um, you know, so shout out to you guys, man, all the good stuff you guys are doing. Um, shout out to the Barfly Tailgate crew. You can follow the, the, the show at Barfly Tailgate on Twitter. Um, I, we have a Snapchat and Instagram, probably all Barfly Tailgate. 
Uh, my personal Twitter is at Ryan Badgley 40, or you can just search badge of honor. That's what it's under. Um, and you know, just a shout out to the, the Barfly tailgate crew, everyone over at bears Barroom and the Barroom network. Um, I mean, guys, we're, we've got shows. If you're a white Sox fan, we just started a South Burbs Hitman. If you're a Cubs fan, it's the friendly confines. We've got a couple new bulls podcasts. Um, uh, one hasn't debuted yet, but it'll be out soon. Um, a new Blackhawks pod starting up here as well. So um, if you're a Chicago sports fan, you know, check them out. Um, it's kind of weird that I'm a Bears fan because I'm not really a fan of any other Chicago teams except the Bulls. But I haven't watched the Bulls since Michael Jordan retired for the second time or left, I guess I should say. Um, so I don't really follow the NBA anymore because I liked defense and that you could touch someone without it being a foul. I know I, I'm older. I, I think I probably I'm older than you guys by a little bit. So like they actually used to throw elbows into people like, you know, 20 years ago. Oh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, um, I'm just happy to be a part of this, and, uh, and I look forward to doing this again with you guys and, you know, maybe doing some sort of big mashup for the draft. You know, we do a six-hour show. I would love it to have each of you guys come on at some point, you know, on our show and just give your, your input on what you've thought, you know, up to that point in the draft. That would be awesome. I don't want to speak for the other two guys, but that, but that just sounds fantastic. No, that, that'd be great. And just to give another shout out to the Barfly Tailgate Show, you guys do such a great job. And I'd say, you know, interacting with everybody on that show has been a lot of fun over the few years. And you guys give away some pretty good, you know, giveaways yeah, yeah. and merch. So we just got some new stickers, fellas. I'll show them to you. But, uh, you know, we got some nice. Barfly Tailgate, uh, Badge of Honor, Barroom Network stickers. So we've got a trivia contest. We're looking for a second person to play trivia. And then on the day of the draft, we have a custom Bears Barroom Badge of Honor Allen Robinson Within Reach Foundation autographed Allen Robinson football um, that we're giving away. So we partnered up with Allen and his foundation this year um, to just draw some attention to what, what good he was doing in the community. And, I mean, it's been awesome. We've been able to have him on a couple times. Um, his sister Ashley has been on with us and then, um, his managing, managing director of his foundation, Madeline Goodman has come on as well, just to promote the great work he's doing. And, and, and that's the thing that I love about these guys is this stuff really means a lot to him too. And, and people don't realize it. Like, I, I think sometimes you see people get, oh, they've got a charitable foundation. It's just something to attach their name to kind of a thing that's not the case for these guys. When you talk to them about it, they're about it. They know about it and they're excited to be given back, you know, in any way they can. So, um, you know, we appreciate everything, you know, Brendan, I love what you guys are doing. Dan, you guys are doing great. We're live. Um, we're a live video show on Sunday morning. So if you want to watch us um, right now in the off season, we're starting at about 11 o'clock. Um, but you know, jump in the chat. We, you know, we'll bust some chops. You know, we, we've got some Lions fans that come in some Packers fans. Um, so, you know, we'll call you out if you're one of those, we don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Gentlemen, thank you. Thank you so very, very much for, for being guests here on the bear down report podcast. I'm really looking forward to it. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Dan Goodwin, Ryan Badgley, Brendan Chagru. 
we did a podcaster round table. That was a conversation that went a lot longer in time than I thought. Uh, but as I looked down at the clock, I was, I was shocked. I, I didn't think the conversation was going as long as it did. And uh, I just, I'm, I'm so impressed. Obviously, these guys have a podcast for a reason. They're really good. Um, I think the thing that I was hoping for uh, was to get some some new insight. Um, not to say that that I couldn't from from some of our other guests or or having Mike Page, Jack Wright, and Logan Bradley into to have a conversation. But I think in the off season, you know, it, it's nice to 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 try to hear some some new voices. And those guys did that, and it was it was awesome. Um, I just they're they're fantastic follows. They're they're good and they're, they're good guys. I, I, you know, I'm not trying to to say anything negative about any other podcast. If you might be listening, um, it just I connected with these guys uh, on Twitter and there were just like good back and forths. And because of that, I was like, hey, let's bring these guys on. And they didn't disappoint for a second. Great, great guys, and they put out fantastic content. Just really good conversation. I've got a couple shout outs that I've got to give. And so the first one is to my buddy, TJ, Tim Johnson. I don't think either one of us were expecting uh, it to the, the episode to, to be as so well received as it was. Um, you know, we thought, hey, he's a history teacher. Let's bring him on. And he crushed it. It, it was a fantastic episode. We're actually going to have TJ come back because we've had so many people that have asked questions and we're thinking, we're not 100% sure yet, but we're thinking that it's going to be 1985 up until like maybe the Mitch Trubisky era or something along those lines. What, what was the, the Bears history? And so we're, if you have questions, make sure you, you hit me up on Twitter or that you uh, shoot me an email, ryan.dengel, D-E-N-G-E-L at beardownreport.com. Uh, shoot me an email. We can, we can talk about it. Uh, the next one that I got to give is going to go out to my buddy, Noel Dowling from Dublin, Ireland. Um, Anthony, don't get mad that we got another Irish fan, but, but Noel has been amazing about helping to spread some of our content uh, on Twitter. He, he uh, retweets so much of what we're doing and Noel we appreciate you greatly um, and uh, just just thank you. Thank you so very much for, for all you're doing for us. A, a fantastic follow, Irish Bears. Um, so, so hop on that one, folks, if you can. Uh, great, great guy. Um, and then, you know, obviously, folks, I, I can't leave without thanking our sponsor, Jeff Cadwallader. If you are thinking about buying or selling a home, I know there are so many people, so many good realtors that are out there. But my wife and I, when, when we were looking at a home, we had a realtor at first and we just kept getting the feeling like we were wasting this woman's time. And she just kept assuring us that she wasn't, but she's constantly checking her phone. And, and we never got that once with Jeff. Jeff, just the, the personal attention was absolutely incredible. I know that you, you might be thinking about it, you know, and maybe you're, you're looking at a couple of realtors. Jeff Cadwallader has got to be one of those guys. Check out GenevaJeff.com or give him a call or a text, right? This is his, his, his phone number. He, Jeff loves text messages, 630-254-4734. My guy, Jeff Cadwallader is the absolute best. I, I, I cannot say that enough. I, and I just, we're so very thankful for, for him and his support. 
For all of you who are listening, thank you so very much. If you liked what you heard, please hit subscribe. If you really liked what you heard, hit us with a five-star review. It really helps to widen our audience. Thank you so much for listening and for checking out any of our content at BearDownReport.com. I'm your host, Ryan Dangle. This has been an awesome episode. And folks, as always, bear down. Bear Down Report.